Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sort it out. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for, uh, for Peter and Christine, Lord, and we just thank you for who they are in this city, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just receive them as, as a prophetic voice in this city, Lord, in particular in this city, God. And we thank you, Father, just for the word being released. Uh, but Lord, even as we have fought hard for uh, authority in the spirit over this land, God, so we just thank you for an open heaven, Lord, just an open portal for, uh, for that flow of your voice uh, to come through, Lord. Thank you, Father. I just thank you, Lord, even where there are territories and regions, Lord, where there isn't permission, God, we give uh, Peter's voice permission here. We give the voice of the Lord in you permission uh, to, to speak, to release. And uh, I just thank you, Father, even just feel the ground is hungry to receive, hearts are hungry to receive uh, your word, your voice. Lord, we love your voice, Jesus, and we love that you use our people to speak, to minister your voice, your heart your life and your love. So we just pray a blessing upon them, Lord. Health, life, goodness, peace, and over their children as well, Lord. We just pray your protection, God. Harding prayers over them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good afternoon. It's almost, almost, it almost feels illegal to pull this vehicle over. over. Do you get what I mean? Um, I think, you know, in the last uh, 30 odd years, we've been in a lot of worship settings. That would have to be one of, I'm not measuring and grading it, but that, to me, personally, where I'm at, because we interpret things differently, not because they're wrong and right, but based on where we're at. Where I'm at right now, uh, and Christine said the same thing, um, that would be one of the most one-off up there. Uh, because the place that I'm in now is not the place you should be in. I'm just, I don't want to put that law on you often we preachers can do, you know, and you come away from a conference and you think, well, I should be like that, and you, you shouldn't be. But I'm in that place now where, I, where my foghorn is gone and it's the silence. It's, and even though there was sound and there was atmosphere, I was pregnant with silence. Every heavenly encounter I've had, and I've had a number of them, were, were swimming around me I hope this doesn't sound weird, but being prophetic is different. They were swimming around me and compressed in time in that moment, and I was visiting them again. And one thing I've, I've noted that whenever I've been caught up, and it doesn't happen every day, but, but caught up into a, a high-level encounter, 
is every time I've talked with Jesus or the saints or different um, encounters, there's never been a communication like we communicate. There's never been words, but yet there's been words. And in that realm, everything is compressed into one thought, imagination, emotion, feeling, words, or, and, and everything's communicated in that dimension, if I can say it. And this is what that dimension is, and we touched on it, we touched on it today. One thing I've noticed that when, when I'm in that dimension, I don't struggle to believe. In that dimension, I don't need faith. But in that dimension is where knowing takes over. Are you hearing me? Where you just know. See, we're on earth, and when you, come, when you, when you become more aware of this natural realm, there's automatically, part of the wrestling goes on is to believe. Part of the wrestling is contending for faith, which is part of the... Um, part of the necessary ingredients that we need to walk this earth and to, to do for God what he's called us to do. But God is bringing forth a bride and a church and a people, average Joes like you and me, that are going to cross over and learn to live out of that place where true dominion can flow because you know. Where the struggles of faith, the struggles to believe, the struggles to contend in that dimension stop and you enter into... The only, only time we're called to labour is to labour for rest because it's in that rest dimension that knowings happen where you just walk in the knowing. You don't pray for it. You're not sowing seed to get something. You're not confessing to get anything. You're not making issue. You're not even issuing a de decree. You've crossed over into that space and it's just clicked in on the inside of you and you know and you just walk in it. Yeah? Because I think, I think that, I think, and I'm sure that's where the Father wants us to head. Yeah? I love what the Song of Solomon says. I was just standing there listening to the songs of the Lord saying, I'm just drawing you <laughs> so that you can run. I'm drawing you to that place of love that you can be. <laughs> um, that's where he takes over. Yeah? Woo! Feed me back a bit, all right? Let's flow. You can talk. Just don't swear or anything like that at me. So, yeah, look, I'm kind of getting to that place where I'm pulling the car over ready to launch. Um, there's, there's quite a lot I want to share. So at the beginning of this week, doing other things and whatnot, kind of orientating my heart towards you guys. Um, and I have got a library of messages I can bring, but... Uh, couldn't get any release. And then uh, a couple of days ago, I, I kind of felt a strong pull towards the book of Samuel, which we're going to use as a text today. And I know that I'm carrying for you. I know that this is just one of the mosaic tiles that God wants to place in the foundations of this house for you as a people. Um, so you don't have to understand everything I'm talking about I, I'm not so much going to teach because there are a lot of uh, junctures, there are a lot of things that I will throw out today that need to be unpacked. They're worthy that they, or they should be unpacked. And maybe part two, part three, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, 
today we're just going to make a prophetic proclamation. We're going to throw out thoughts and, and, and see where we go. But um, this is not going to be a systematic teaching, all right? But this does need to be unpacked. I hope you understand where we're coming from. So our text uh, this afternoon is 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse number 19 uh, through to 22. Uh, let me, allow me to do it justice to bring you into the context where we've got the Philistines and you've got uh, uh, Israel. And they're in a place where the Philistines in their tens of thousands have marched on Israel and are declaring war. Now, the response in chapter 13 of the book of 1 Samuel, you will see and read that uh, all of Israel are despondent and they begin to hide. They run behind thickets, behind trees, behind rocks. They're in pits, they're in caves, all right? Because they don't want to fight because of certain things, all right? The warrior in them has been suppressed by the Philistines. And we pick it up in verse number uh, 19, and we read from here. Today I want to talk to you about restoring the blacksmith. Restoring the blacksmith. And the opening verse is powerful. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines had said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords and spears. And so all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plow points, mattocks, axes, sickles sharpened. And the price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening a plow and a mattox, and the third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goad sticks. So on the day of battle, not a soldier with Jonathan, sorry, with Saul and Jonathan had a sword. Hello or a spear in the hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. I began to read that and paradox came straight into my, to my, um, my radar, into my view. And I know what I'm carrying today about the restoration of the blacksmith and the restoration of blacksmith centers is a prophetic word for you as a church. And it's also a knock-on effect for the global church today. Verse number 19, let's revisit this. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel. Understand context to the text is that the Philistines early on took hold of all the weaponry in one battle and completely robbed Israel of every sword, of their armor, of everything that they could fight with. They robbed them from that. In fact, you can trace through the, the timeline and see that Saul reigned for 42 years, and of those years, 40 of them, Israel were disarmed. 40 years, the Bible says there was no blacksmith, because this is what not only, not only uh, the Philistines would do, but you can actually do further studies and understand that even Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon, the moment they took hold of of possessing Israel, they would rob them of their armor by stealing their blacksmiths. So they would steal the blacksmiths and use them for their own weaponry and their own armor and their own iron production. So all the blacksmiths and all the blacksmith centers or shops 
were possessed. And you've got this context. For 40 years, a nation were not armed and were not empowered. If we look at the role of a blacksmith, it goes something like this, an ancient blacksmith. They would take the available raw material and forge weapons, tools, and other implements, and they would put them into the hands of others. Come on now. They would sharpen, rebalance, and reshape battle-worn weapons. They were weapon designers, innovators of the time, of all things iron or metal. Blacksmiths would specifically forge a weapon that suited a particular soldier, design it for them, including their own personal armor. This is some of the work that blacksmiths would do in that day. And I wanna submit this thought to you that I believe God is speaking to me about the blacksmith and what the blacksmith is. I believe that there are two grace dimensions that God in this Reformation season is repositioning back, and that is the gifting of an apostle and prophet. And I believe that these are two gifts that have been undermined, overlooked, and not aligned according to the plumb line of the way that God works, the way that God functions, and the way that God builds. This is not only, I'm not coming from a bias to say it's all about apostles and prophets, but these are two dimensions that are missing out of the blacksmith context that God wants to restore back. The blacksmith would function in four strategic ways. Number one, they would see the potential hidden in the raw material. The apostolic and the prophetic have that divine makeup given by God, given by Jesus as an ascension gift to be able to identify in the raw, non-formed, yet to be formed, person, people, places, regions, and nations. They have the ability to see what is hidden. Second of all, the blacksmith can forge steel into shapes, designs, etc., etc., which speaks of the equipping of the saints, the training of the saints. Thirdly, we're moving fast, but I've got a bit to get through. The every blacksmith in ancient days would mentor a striker. And the striker was what modern day we would call an apprentice. And the apostolic and the prophetic primarily really harness the fathering, mentoring dimension, which is all about what? Unpacking inheritance. You see, in the days of Saul, in the days of, uh, of, of, of his reign as a king, there was no reproduction of the blacksmith. The blacksmith ministry, if I can say, was shut down. Why it was the number one focus of the enemy? Because if you can shut the blacksmith down, if you can stop the blacksmith centers from functioning, you disarm and dispower a people. I hope you're listening to this today. Fourth of all, the blacksmith would position the instruments for their unique purpose. It speaks of mobilization and sending on assignment. The day of us gathering as a church so that we can consume a message, experience worship, and say we've been to church in God's economy is finished. And these blacksmith centers are gonna to begin to be born and burst out of the womb of God, out of the heart of God, and out of the mind of God. And they're gonna be all about those dimensions. They're gonna carry the ability to be able to see raw potential in people, identify that, 
and call it out. It's like Jesus standing in us saying, I see a son in the midst of slavery. I see a daughter in the midst of slavery and call it out. The blacksmith centers are going to forge a people that have been overlooked, a people that have been uh, devalued by society, devalued by religion, and they're going to shape them and forge them and pound them into the identity that God has called them into. They're going to come under that whole fathering uh, mentality, not because we put fathers on a pedestal. The father doesn't operate from a, a, a hierarchy position, but he operates within the foundations. He's part of the bedrock for people to stand on. You know, mothering and fathering in the natural, it's, it's often painted, you know, in a romantic fashion, but it's hard work. And it's a selfless work. And it's all about, unless you get that love factor going, it's going to be hard, hard yards. Amen? And the same with spiritual fathering. Some are going to betray you. Some are going to let you down. But it's all part of that fathering dynamic that God wants the blacksmiths to begin to rebuild. So inheritance, legacy, the oikos can begin to rise and stand and carry out, carry out the family of God on earth. Ephesians 2.19, once again, I'm just throwing these out. I'm not unpacking and not teaching, just throwing them out there. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 and 22 says, Having been built on the foundation of what? The apostle and the prophet. Jesus Christ, what being the chief cornerstone? 1 Corinthians 12, 28, And God has appointed these, and God has appointed these, first apostle, second prophet, third teacher, and after that, Friends of God, the foundations that we are built upon aren't accurate. And we've inherited over 1,700 years of religion and tradition that God is bringing under His judgments right now and saying enough is enough. And He's resetting. Those that are, are going to lead from this understanding, from this lens, from this heart position, from this wisdom are going to start to rebuild what is in the heart of God for this time. It's going to cost us, but it's going to be what God has called a people to begin to stand upon in this day and age. So we understand that if God sets in order, not in hierarchy order, but if God sets an apostle in place, every other gifting, because that word first is the word proton, not just in, in, in importance, but it is in position. Why? Because the apostolic sets the culture and the values for every other gift to come after it. So the, the apostle, part of what the apostle carries is fathering, mentoring, equipping, mobilizing, assignments that sent dimension, sonship, daughterhood, we can go on and on and on. But if that's not first set in the foundations, we have false foundations. Because the apostolic grace affects the evangelist. It affects the teacher. It affects the prophet. It affects the pastor. And somehow we've turned it around. The pastor's not even mentioning that passage that we're quoting from. And we've made first pastor, second teacher, Third evangelist, and the list goes on. Are you hearing me today? Come on, guys. I, I know some of us are crying out for revival, but I've got news for you. God is not going to fill what he has not formed. 
So we've got to be about building God's ark, building so that God can say, now I'm ready to fill it because it has the capacity to carry it, to hold it, contain it and birth what has been in my heart. We have bypassed for so long and too long the 97% that are sitting in church every week. We have equipped, we, we have, we have I, I grew up in a, in, in a whole uh, a roadway where the whole focus of that path, that roadway was that all roads lead to the pulpit. And Bible school's about getting to the pulpit, getting to become a five-fold minister. And we have turned the thing around the wrong way where God is all about equipping the 97%. Why do I say 97%? Because when, when, you do a, uh, when you do a ask of the church, how many people are actually know their calling, functioning in their calling, operating in that? There's only about 3% of the church do on average. The other 90, 97% are just going about business, not really knowing who they are, what their calling is, what their grace dimension is. Why? Because we don't equip them. We look at the marketplace as being you know, something different to the, to the Sunday context. And all these gaps and all these craps, craps, cat, cracks, God's wanting to fill in. Woohoo! So let's come back to Saul. 40 years. Can you imagine this? 40 years, Saul ruled a people that weren't empowered, weren't equipped. Verse 22, so on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword. Come on, this is Bible. Only Saul and Jonathan, his son. Do you know what that speaks of? The past church has all been about the pastor and the assistant pastor. One or two dimensions. They're the ones that are empowered and they will empower you from the pulpit, supposedly through their message, their wonder message. God's had enough of it. Are you here today? Only Saul and Jonathan had the armour. In fact, if you go back to the Sunday school, school message about you know, David and Goliath, come into that context, you've got, uh, you've got the Philistines on one side, they're completely empowered and they have all the armour that they need and you've got Israel that are standing there with farming tools. They weren't empowered. That's why they wouldn't engage in battle. Because they weren't empowered. That day, no man in Israel had weapons. But by the time David won the battle, every man in Israel had a weapon. There's a shift. There's a shift and it all comes down to leadership. It all comes down to a different class, kind, breed of leader that God is releasing in the earth. So no person in Israel was able to engage in the battle, fight the battle, overcome and take ground. So that whole 40 year period, Israel were maintaining and managing and just getting by. In fact, even when it comes to prosperity, if they wanted to have their farming implements sharp, to be able to reap a harvest, they had to pay a price to go to the Philistines to get their blacksmiths to sharpen. There's a system in there that God is judging. There is a system in there, that Philistine type of system, a religious system, that God is saying, no longer 
do I want my sons and daughters to not have that edge, that ability to be able to reap a harvest. It speaks of providence. It speaks of prosperity. It speaks of inheritance. It speaks of harvest. You see, the enemy knew, the Philistines knew that if they can shut down the iron trade, they will advance in technology. The marketplace will be owned by them. They will reap an abundance. I want to say to you, the next move of God is coming in the marketplace where the 97% have been overlooked. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the next move of God is going to be incredible out there in the marketplace. And we need to begin to train prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the marketplace not to operate Sunday, not to operate and be able to prophesy to those that have had 16 prophetic words already, but prophesy to Pharaoh, prophesy to Babylon, prophesy to the Nebuchadnezzars, prophesy to the people that we are working in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We need to be equipping our people as the blacksmiths of God to be able to operate as God's cutting edge out there in the day that he is declaring, I want my harvest brought in, yeah? So there is a leader shift. <laughs> and that leader shift we can see comes into being in 2 Samuel chapter 6 and verse 17 through to 19. Let's go there, please. There's a key there. David comes into a place of power. David comes into a place where God has anointed him to be the next leader of Israel. In fact, if you backtrack, you'll go to 1 Samuel 13, which our text is based around, and you'll see that because in the midst of the battle, Prophet Samuel said to Saul, wait seven days and I'll be in your midst and we will inquire of the Lord in the midst of the battle that's going on and God will guide us. Well, Saul gets fearful despondent and he starts to operate he tries to operate as a priest but he doesn't have the grace for it Samuel says why did you not trust why did you not wait when he came he was just a little bit late he says because you haven't waited you would have inherited the kingdom under God but God now has sought for a man who carries his heart what does that speak of the heart carries DNA in that heart is the oikos of God, it's the family of God, it's the house of God, it's the sons and daughters of God that are wrapped up in that heart. You see, Saul didn't have that oikos grace. Saul didn't have that heart for the household, for family, for the multiplication of God's family on earth. Yeah? Are you here today? Verse 17, And so they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. And then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Verse 19, then he distributed among, this is, this is powerful. He distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women, the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. The first priority of David is to get the ark back, to get the presence of God in the midst, all right? There's a lot of lessons that we can draw out from that and unpack that maybe in, in latter days. Second of all, he does this incredibly different, random 
which I think looks random, act of giving three articles of food, bread, meat and raisins to everybody, to every woman, to every child, every family member, everybody receives that article. So what is David trying to communicate? You see, that meal was primarily given to those that were about to embark on a long journey. It signified there's a new beginning and a new journey to be walked. So what David was trying to do was to say, even though for the 40 years that Saul reigned over you as leader, God has shifted things out of an old way, an old order, and my leadership is going to empower you, not just men, but women, children, families. It's going to empower you to come on this journey as an entire collective. Here we see the oikos of God manifest. And in latter days, we see the ecclesia coming through with that oikos in his expression. I'll submit this thought to you. It's not rocket science. But Saul represents an old order, yeah? Saul represents an order that's all about, centered around the pulpit, centered around a one or two gift dimension. But where God's eyes are, that is on the 97. Not five, you know, we've turned the fivefold ministry into the elitehood when God is focused on the priesthood. God's heart is for the people. God wants the people empowered. It is illegal for us if we are just coming to church, pastoring a people that are orientated around what can I get, how can I get it, it's illegal. <laughs> that day's finished in the economy of God. What God is saying now is I want leaders to be in the foundations and empowering the people to give them the loaf of bread, the piece of meat, and the cake of raisins to say, the journey is about you. How can we empower you? How can we enable you? How can we put weaponry in you for your business marketplace endeavor, for your daycare center, for you as a mum, as a dad, wherever you're functioning? How can you be empowered? You see, the blacksmith centers are rising in the earth right now. God is calling forth for kingdom centers. God is calling for blacksmith centers that are full of sounds and noise and they look a bit messy and grotty. If you can look at, you know, the blacksmith there that's forging out uh, what is in his heart. I'm telling you, the apostolic and the prophetic is designed to forge what even you can't understand is on the inside of you, what you are yet to discover about yourself. That's why he said first apostle, second prophet, because these dimensions are all about the blacksmith culture, about forging, creating, about empowering, about equipping. So God is calling the blacksmith. God is calling the blacksmith centers in this day and age. This new era requires new practices. David comes in and he begins to initiate a whole new process. Can you imagine the fear and the trembling when he wants to begin to bring, now he attempted to bring the ark back and to put it back where he thought was right, but the way they did it the first time went pear-shaped, amen? God has plenty of grace for us to experiment, <laughs> to do our best as we're moving towards these new practices, new methods, as God is tooling the church afresh to move forward. David got it wrong, but his heart was always after God, so he went back and inquired of the Lord, 
and he got the next, the next mission right. Are you hearing me now? It's not about perfection, but it's about that heart of curiosity. It's about that heart to say, God, here's, here's what I have in my heart. I think what I'm doing is okay. And God's going, it's okay. You messed up a few times, but I know where your heart's at. That's the Davidic type of leadership that God is calling forth at this hour. There are new practices. Whenever God announces a new era or a new season in his economy, he changes the play. He changes the tools. And we've got to be able to discern what those tools are. There are changes to prayer, changes to worship, changes to this thing called church, the operation of church, the function of church, the modus operandi of leadership. Come on, God is retooling us. But in that retooling, in that shift, there are only a few that I know, even in our city, that are, are waking up and not defaulting back to what they know. You know, the gift of coronavirus, if I can say that in terms of, 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 of the opportunity that is upon us right now, that's not a put down to those that have, been, have died from it or, or, or been sick thereof, but God will take the darkest, ugliest thing and he will use it to create light. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is an opportune time for us right now to reset, recalibrate, and begin to adjust according to what God has in his heart for us at this time. And so David restores the first thing. You can read it and study it. One of the first things after the ark comes back, he distributes and communicates to the mass, to the people. You're now family. We're on this journey together. It's not just about you following me. It's about us as a collective, moving as one people forward into this new era. And then David does this. He restores from the Philistine um, uh, nation all the blacksmiths that were taken. He brings them back and he starts to rebirth the blacksmith centers. Why? And you'll study and read. Israel went from being behind the play, technically, or with technology, to the moment the iron trade was restored back, Israel went to the front. Because the iron trade has that innovative side to it. Their harvest multiplied. Their, their people were empowered. They, they started to rebirth a whole new army. Come on. As a result of what? The blacksmith. You restore the blacksmith center, you restore the blacksmith and the people prosper. And that's why the message today is the restoration of the blacksmith, the restoration of blacksmith centers. There are three things that I'm seeing in relation to that today. Remember, I'm just throwing thoughts out, not unpacking them, not teaching from them. And that is this, in the midst of 2020 and hereafter, we're gonna see some churches that will just stay the same. They'll keep doing what they've always been doing, calling it a success, and just keep going down that status quo lane. The second group, some churches once again, not all, will adjust aspects to align to kingdom culture. So this is what I call, some of those guys will start to patch on, and they'll start to embrace aspects of the oikos, and they'll start to function more organically and authentically as the household of God, as the family of God, but they're still missing the other dimension. You hear me now? Let me tell you, I love the church, but I'm calling it for what it is. Number three, 
Then you've got these blacksmith centres. And I see kingdom centres being born. From this year onwards, we're going to see kingdom centres begin to be born or blacksmith centres. And it's going to be a new ecosystem. It's going to birth to its fullest the oikos, the household, the family of God, along with that household becoming the ecclesia, where God is going to legislate, where God is going to rule, where the true, the true dominion that should be always operated out of as a steward, not we are better, but stewards within the household of God, I see the dominion of God coming through both the oikos and the ecclesia coming together out of this blacksmith center, all these kingdom centers. And paradox, you are that. Par paradox, you are a blacksmith center. I tell you by the word of the Lord, it's not rocket science for you guys. It's just consolidating the track, the trajectory that you have been on as a people. I want to submit this thought. You don't ever see in the book of Acts the, 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 the command to go out and church plant. And yet we have church plant Bible schools, church plant is kind of out there, yeah? But you hear this language of Jesus passed on to the apostles, which is kingdom. You see, I'll submit this thought to you. The oikos and the ecclesia cannot manifest out of an old church plant. But when you plant kingdom, automatically oikos and ecclesia will come. You don't have to pray for it. You don't have to fast over it. It will manifest. Wherever the kingdom is being planted, the household of God and the government of God to rule, to legislate, and to carry out the work of God in that order will manifest where the kingdom's planted. So that tells me we need to plant the kingdom. We need to be on a kingdom planting mission. In fact, when you plant the kingdom, the bride will start to come. When you plant the kingdom, sons will start to rise. Daughters will begin to rise. A lot of what we struggled with will, will stop struggling over. Amen? So with these kingdom centers, just a few crazy thoughts. God is reviving in the blacksmith centers, in the kingdom centers. He's reviving the equipping mandate. Part of the mandate of the blacksmith center, the kingdom centers, is equip. <laughs> Amen. We're coming back to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. It's the constitution of God for every household. Amen. Equipping the saints. Empowering the saints. Blacksmiths do that. Blacksmith senders do that. And you don't have a people that are tossed to and fro by catchy preachers and trendy whatevers. They are consolidated. They don't get caught up in the winds, but they are consolidated. They are founded. They are established in kingdom culture. Number two, in those kingdom centers, the blacksmiths, the blacksmith centers, you're going to see a reset of leadership focus within the church. People don't come to give you tithes and offerings. But you exist as a leader to equip them, to empower them, to resource them, to help forge their identity. 
to help build what is on the inside of them. That's why, that's why the kingdom centers need to come forward at this time. And so we've talked about the 97%, which I don't need to go into, but I see the marketplace is crying out for you. <laughs> it's crying out for me. It's crying out for the oikos, for the ecclesia to rise up as a true representation of what church is in this time. We have moved in God's economy. God has shifted things. There are two seasons that are vying for your heart right now. There's the old season and there's the new season. And the earth is trembling, earthquakes, governments, society, economies are shaking, not because principalities and powers. <clears throat> no, I don't buy into that. The reason why there are shakings going on earth right now is because we're at that juncture in the economy of God's time and God's plan and God's purpose where two seasons are colliding. The old is vying to hang on. The old has kind of got its grip and it's trying to prevent the new. We see the picture of this, this juncture and this connection. We see the earth begin to tremble when John the Baptist comes on the scene. And we see millions come into his baptism. But when Jesus came on the scene, that's when the religious order tried to hold the season that they were in, tried to, tried, to, tried to stop the birthing of what Jesus was carrying. And that was what? Changed the way you're thinking because the kingdom is here. It's a whole new season. It's a whole new order. It's a totally new era in the purposes of God. And that season, the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Friends, as I begin to close today, that violence, that violence is not screaming and shouting in prayer meetings that we are plundering hell and populating heaven. It's nothing to do with that. The context of what Jesus is saying there is that ever since the kingdom was announced and proclaimed, there has been pressure, there has been a intensity to try and stop it and shut it down. But God wins. And those seasons of vying, there is a fight, there is a battle that's going on right now as the new order truth is beginning to manifest in 2020 like it has not in any other year before. God wants the blacksmiths restored. God wants the blacksmith centers built. You can't plant a blacksmith center or a kingdom center. You've got to build it. There's a difference. We've been used to the word church plant. But when you have an apostolic and prophetic mix at the forefront or in the foundations, it is about building. It is about blueprints. It is about establishing a culture rather than just piggybacking on an ancient trend, or an old trend called church plant. You hear me today? Father, we thank you and honor you for the hammer. <laughs> we thank you and honor you, Lord God, that paradox and many other people, churches, are gonna move more and more into being the blacksmith and the blacksmith center. Father, we speak and declare today that you who have begun to work strategically, appointedly in this place, you will continue it. Father, we stand with this tribe, we stand with this oikos, and Lord, we call 
the ecclesia to begin to rise in the midst of this family where legislation and governance and dominion will truly break forth, Father God, through a people Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and onwards, Lord, wherever they are. Father, we pray right now and we ask, Lord God, for that grace, that grace to begin to kick it into gear and cause these people to rise. We ask, Lord God, for the track that they're on right now, the trajectory that this house is on right now. Keep them, Father. Enable them, Father, to hear, to see, to comprehend and to understand that they are called to be a blacksmith center. They are called to empower, called to enable, called to equip, called to empower the ones that are called to be sons and daughters, a priesthood of all believers, a royal priesthood, Father, kings in the earth, people of dominion, people of power, people of wisdom, Father. We deposit it into the foundations of that which has already been built and established, and we declare, let the blacksmiths begin to arise. Let the blacksmiths begin to rise. Let the blacksmiths begin to rise. Let the blacksmiths begin to rise, Father. Do you know, I feel like the Lord's saying on the inside of me, call those that want to rise as blacksmiths to stand up and to begin to say, as I stand, I want to be counted among that new order, that this new day, that I want to be known as a blacksmith. I want to be graced with that blacksmith mindset that is a forging, building, equipping, empowering, crafting, innovating, designing, anointing. And so we stand before you, Father, our hearts as a canvas for you to begin to inscribe, empower, I believe, Father, we are standing here as a collective saying we're done with the old church way and we want to stand as your kingdom center, your blacksmiths. Bring across our paths, Lord God, out there in the marketplace, wherever we may be, a people that have have not felt empowered, have not been equipped so that we can empower them, equip them, enable them so that the cause of your kingdom can advance, Father. Let's just stay for a moment in that atmosphere. I just feel there's like this inner yes in us. We don't have to scream it out, shout it out, ask for it, just a yes. 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 Let the blacksmiths be born. The blacksmith centers begin to be reborn, restore what has been left and lost.
Restore it, Lord. Just let me do some, uh, Christine, if you want to come and sharpshoot. This uh, young man here with the artwork on your body, bro, uh, I've been watching you today and uh, you're marked, you're chosen, and you are called of God, no doubt. And your season of carrying baggage, the weight of that baggage, <laughs> the burden of that baggage, God says it's cut. The umbilical cord is cut. There are some messy relationships, some messy things behind you, but it's cut and you can't go back. That umbilical cord is cut and God has graced you with several things. One being the grace of an evangelist. Evangelism is very strong in you and you're gonna be part of a blacksmith rehab worker. And you're gonna be a, a, a person that helps to rehabilitate, rehabilitate many that have lost their unction, their function and their identity. And your hands are being equipped in this season. Abandon everything else that is not of God and pursue the Lord like never before and God will make up for time lost and God will increase in you so much more. There are so many things that have gone on behind you, whirlwinds and storms and tornadoes to try and tear down legacy and inheritance. And God is restoring it back now. God is restoring it back now. And in fact, in the years to come, you'll cross over, not just from, but with the evangelistic dimension and God is gonna breathe the prophetic in you and through you. You're gonna see and hear and have a heart that is gonna capture, know and see and perceive. You're gonna have many spiritual encounters and many things are gonna go on. There's been a battle for you. There has been a battle for you. And the Lord says, can I entrust you to go into prison? Can I entrust you to go into those that have been locked up on the inside beyond the outside? Can I entrust you to go into the drug centers? Can I trust you to go into the rehab centers? Can I entrust you to go and get those that have been forgotten, overlooked and lost? Because I'm stirring within you waters that cannot ever, ever be quenched. And there is a thirst that is rising on the inside of you like never before. And you're gonna find the hunger of God turned up on the inside of you, the thirst for the things of the kingdom turned up on the inside of you. And you're gonna experience encounter after encounter after encounter as the Lord visits you, as the Lord purges you, as the Lord forges things on the inside of you and draws you to his heart more and more and more. I don't know why I'm seeing Queensland. See Queensland behind you? Was it? <laughs> but I feel there's something undone in Queensland that God wants to do up. Mend. <laughs> That's the word I... Queensland. He wants to mend an area of your past. 
the weight of the Lord rest on you, bro. Let it smash you for good. You know, um, as Peter was speaking today, I really felt like um, we were partaking of a time and it's like um, I've heard the word heavenly portal and it's like the Lord is transacting with us today. And I just really want to encourage you. What I see is that many of you will go away from today, but you feel a supernatural grace to empower you, to equip you, to be you wherever you are. And so you've partaken of, you've, you've, you've drunk in of an, a grace dimension today. And as we have sat here, as I've sat under, I love apostolic teachers. They just tick the, the box for me. When I sit under a mantle of an apostolic fathering grace dimension, I, I just partake of it. And it's a transaction that I make. And then I go out into whatever I'm going to be and do, and I just start to transact with a heavenly supernatural grace dimension. But I'm telling you, watch the robbers, because there are ones on assignment around you that will be an inaccurate towards the positioning of your potential and of your governing authority. So I'm not giving a natural one-on-one -on -one word, but I'm giving a corporate word out of this message. We've sat under such a dimension of grace. I give wonderful honour to the key leadership here in this place. The reason why we're able to function yes. in this dimension, I don't even have to speak, I can feel it. Yeah. I come into here and I can feel God, Jesus, the grace dimension on my life. Out of here, I'm Christine, mum, I go into a school, I EA sometimes, you know, I just do the work of joyful ministry. But when you come into a, a sanctified place, a place that's built on a great foundation, you feel a, an accelerated authority. And that is the mm. authority of Jesus mm. Christ of Nazareth, born, buried, dead, resurrected, life-giving, and life begets life. And so we go out of this place today because your senior leader and the team around have built an altar and it's a Bethel place, a place where Christ is glorified. I haven't worshipped Jesus, and I try not to cry now, like I worshipped him today. And I long for that because Jesus needs to be Lord of the church again. And so what you have taken part of today, don't underestimate the power and the grace dimension to send you out and shoot you forth into the marketplace. But beyond those who are hearing here, God is going to attract. <laughs> we hear that the church is, you know, not to be attractional, but I'm telling you it's going to attract all mankind every stance and stature in society we are the ecclesia thank you for praying what's your name patricia go i just see you as a warrior and you know i knew your name but i saw your stature before i knew the name that's why i had to ask you 
I can see the dimension of breakthrough. You've got that breaker's anointing and you are a warrior in the spirit. And it's like you sometimes go into regions because you're sent, not went. You are sent and you're going to take teams of intercessors. You know, I don't like calling them intercessors. Prayers, whatever. We're not just titled. You know, those that know how to connect with the kingdom of heaven and, 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 and shake up those things that are inaccurate. And God is going to give you, like, like Peter said, people haven't had the sharpened tools, but you're going to have the sharpened tools by which you're going to say, you're going to do that, you're going to do that, yes, 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 yes. God's going to give you an accurate, keen eye. You're going to see in the spirit over people's lives. You're going to, you're going to almost like those makeovers. It's like those uh, grace makeovers. That's what you're going to be. You're a grace makeover lady. You're going to change the dimension of it, uh, that has been negative over people's and, and not just people. It's going to be regions. It's going to be even churches. People, are, you're going to have favor with leaders. You're going to come alongside them. You're a mother in the spirit, and they're going to receive you. The grace dimension on you because you're not just a person that wants to be like a taker. You're an equipper. You're a mover and shaker. You're a grace dimension authority. There's a grace dimension authority on your life and God's going to even open up the supernatural when you come into a place, even into a home, even into a a shopping centre. Get ready for the shopping centres. When you walk through, sometimes you're going to be sent to the one, the lame, the paralytic, the the demon oppressed, whatever. They're just going to buy your shadow passing them are going to say, who are you? And they're going to say, sometimes they're going to say, get out of here, because there's going to be such an anger, but you're going to be the one that changes the atmosphere over their lives, in the shops, in the places of of defeat where people have been robbed. You're going to restore inheritance over their, their lives. I see businesses, I see places, I see even homes, I see families where they've been barraged by the enemy. You're going to go in and say, peace be unto you, be still and know that he is your God. And the enemy will have to flee because you will go into those places. I see teams around you, I see equipping of teams, people that warfare like you warfare warriors like you just quickly this man over here with the long dreadlocks you and is this your wife before here with a baby she's a she's a worshiper and she's one that just hears beautifully in the spirit but i see your marriage really coming like this and you are prophetic sir you have a, a prophetic evangelistic grace dimension over your life and sometimes that's been uh, it's almost like I see in past there's been there's been words and accusations that you've you've listened to but God says I'm breaking them off you today because the words of of inaccuracy even men or someone in authority I see a man in authority around you speaking against the the, the, the potential in your life and that is no more because God has now positioned you as he is your father he is the grace dimension over your life and he just wants you to you to be released, you and your wife, as a new uh, uh, ministerial gift to, to uh, you know, to, yeah, I just see this just amazing change dimension over both of your lives. Your, your wife is very sensitive in the spirit. I just turned to her and I thought, wow, she's a, she's a worshipper. And she's just, uh, she's like a, a, a beautiful, um, yeah, wow, I, I, I'm getting a lot of um, stuff now. Wow, very meek. 
and, and you know, the Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. And I, I see you crying and weeping because there's been uh, tensions that you've held, my dear sister. But those tensions <coughs> are coming to a place of recovery because of your meekness. You will inherit that which you are contending for in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. If you want to, uh, if you don't want to stand, you can sit. That's all cool. The anointing still flows. Um, <laughs> We just want to we want to uh, pray in line of that whole blacksmith thing for this young man and uh, kick some things in the gear. The lady here, just excuse me for pointing, yeah, and the man next to you, is that your husband? Yes. Could you both stand up and and just come out here where I can see you properly? Just yeah, stop there. That's your spot. <laughs> The Bible talks about a couple called Priscilla and Aquila. And I feel that uh, they were used in the marketplace incredibly. And they were used, um, uh, you know, to turn the tide towards the mission of God accelerating. Paul joined them. There was such an amazing outbreak of, of missions, of, of miracles, of signs and wonders. And I kind of feel in my heart that for you both, there's this Priscilla and Aquila type of work that God has graced you for, not going to, but God has graced you for. I see the Lord, uh, uh, there's an excellence about you both. There, there is much that God's going to put in your hands and much that God is going to use through your hands. Even though these, uh, the Priscilla and Aquila were, you know, were tent makers, uh, they had business and entrepreneurial uh, dimensions that they were functioning in, the mission of God continue to flow and so shall it be for you both as well uh, don't despise the day you stand in because God is going to cause a multiplication of many different things in relation to his kingdom in your lives and through your lives God says don't worry about your family as you continue down the path that he has you on he will take care of everything around about you but this Priscilla and Aquila type of thing for the marketplace is on you both. And God's going to prosper you beyond what you can imagine and what you could think. In Jesus' name, amen. Your spot there. Can you turn around and face us because it won't work? Can we join as a family? We know I know Brad well enough to know that he doesn't um, lead this work um, based around his own ego or bias or preferences, but it's his heart is to be the conduit for the Lord um, and, and to really do those things that God has placed um, not only on his heart, but within the, the collective as well. And uh, today, Father, we just want to thank you that we, we join together, Lord God, as, as a couple to affirm him and there's something about this day, Lord, that we declare it is like a juncture. And we declare that where things uh, normally would have to go through the process and the grind to get them, you know, get them down and get them engaged and get them moving. We declare today as a congregation, the blacksmith, the apostolic blacksmith anointing is upon you. The grace to function beyond the wisdom of, 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 of the current order, 
We declare the revelation to operate beyond the current order. We declare the, the, the mind and the capacity to operate beyond the current order is upon you. We declare that blacksmith anointing and grace to begin to explode on the inside of you. Revelation, interaction with, with God, interaction with both things old, present and new. The Alpha and the Omega breaking open truth and wisdom and understanding on the inside of you today, Brad. We stand and declare the blacksmith center that you have carried in your heart. Even in the, the, the days gone by when you're a youth pastor, yet the blacksmith center was on the inside of you and God has called it forth for this time. And we declare it to rise and to be that kingdom center, that equipping center, that empowering center, that immobilizing center, that center that's full of an assignment of God and a people that are on assignment for the Lord. We stand today within this region and declare it's not just going to be limited to this region, but God is going to call you to empower others and to also take these blueprints as a prototype and plant this within this nation and plant this within nations. And you will see a multiplication with within sons and, and daughters that come through you and from your loins is going to come a great oikos, a, a household, sons and daughters, prosperity, economy is going to flow through you, resources to empower and advance the kingdom planting mission that God is restoring to the earth at this time. And Lord, we declare today a divine release over Brad, a divine release over Lisa, a divine release over the team, a divine release over Paradox, a divine release over every person that is connected to this grace dimension in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Father, we thank you, Lord. Uh, Brad, I saw in the spirit that you've watched and you've wanted and you've waited for a, a people that would be able to build with you. And I, I, I just see that God has sent the right ones for the season that you were, were like carving out uh, a, a new grace dimension in Perth. Oh my goodness, Father. Yes. That you have hey. carved it out and God hey. has put in you a, a, a great, you know, it's like everything we see around us, we go, wow, did he build that? Did he do that? Okay. God has put in your hand not just a builder's mentality, but then for, for the, in the natural. But a builder's mentality for the spirit yes. and that, that, that it's not yes. just going to be uh, uh, with you alone. He's going to add to you one by one, men and women of God, those of structure and stature. And you are going to be able to feel embraced, positioned and harnessed and not have to just uh, 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 build out of the season that has passed. I'm not saying that, that, that that's done away with. You're going to bring that season and the season has been worship, it's been prayer, it's been healing, and it's been a, a company that have been willing to just groundswell their hearts mm. towards Jesus yes. and make Him their Lord because God is going to establish Himself in this region yeah. through a people. So yeah. now the next season, I do see God adding to you ones that are, are full of structure, full of uh, stature, full of uh, consolidated hearts, 
and there's, there's going to be a, a, a tempering, there's going to be a training, there's going to be equipping, wow. this is a centre, wow. there's going to be rooms, there's, you know, even in this natural, there's, there's rooms in this place where people can go and get their fill and get their top up and their healing and their love, there's going to be mothers and fathers that God's going to add one by one, this is a regional centre and God's going to have a, a dimension of His grace where I just see, uh, and I'm not speaking on behalf of you, Father, but I just see that you're going to, um, uh, I'm speaking for him, hey, peeps. Uh, he, he's going to add to you just his grace uh, dimension of, of, of super, the supernatural. I'm not saying out of, uh, out of uh, uh, time, but when when the swell and the, uh, the, the, the stature of a people that can contain that which God wants to give, there is going to be such an angelic visitation and there are going to be signs and wonders and there are going to be like i even see wheelchairs yeah i see people that you know the days of catherine coleman people lining up and saying yes i'm standing again i used to not walk but now i'm walking because there's just such an a a a, a vortex yeah. uh, 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 being um, gathered up and, and they're just going to be able to see we've, we've held back through religion yeah. the presence of yeah. our Lord and King and, and yeah, the angel angels and they've longed, they've peered yeah. through the windows and said would you not be a people readied so yeah. now is the yeah. next phase of this ministry yeah, I see the next season is going to be the equipping of men and women and those that are not here will Very be brought good. here. <laughs> those yeah. that have the capacity contain, to contain that which you know. You're going to have this, this architectural uh, ability with others to know how to build a, a, a people that can contain uh, the maturity, the, the stature of our precious yeah. Lord and King. And so, you know, there's uh, to articulate everything that I see is very difficult, but I just know mm. that just by standing here, Father, we are very humbled as yeah. a couple to be able to be here on such a time and in such a time as this for this beautiful city, Perth. Yes, can a, a Bethel be birthed here? And I'm not saying like Bethel over there, <laughs> the house of God. Where is the house that you will build me? Where is the place of my rest? This could be <laughs> if you are in agreement and if you believe the oikos of God. The oikos. The beautiful home. The resting place of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, we discharge. We charge this congregation. We charge this vessel. We hear the, we can hear the ironwork. We can hear the clanging. Mm. We can smell the fire. Yeah. We can see the forging. We can see the craftsmanship. We say yes. Yeah. A blacksmith yeah. to blacksmiths. Yeah. A blacksmith center yes. to multiply and build into other potential blacksmith centers yes. in Jesus' name. If you believe it today, say amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, 
when you stand, when you stand there, I just uh, feel the Lord saying, um, tell, tell him to shepherd, tell him to care, tell him to run and not feel like he's one that's not spiritual, uh, one that's not able to hear and perceive because your heart is receptive to the voice of God, to the ways of God, and your gentleness, your steadiness, your stability is so much needed to anchor and to even establish those that don't have that same same personality type, same construct in them. And God is going to use you in such a, a real way. Um, I just sort of see yourself often, you know, comparing yourself and, and you're not to do that because God says, son, you are, you are because I have called you. You are because I have chosen you. And, and I see a strong shepherd and a, fu a future teaching dynamic that's going to come out of you. And uh, we do need line upon line and we do need precept upon precept. And we do need that third dimension functioning in the context of the oikos. We do need that sound of, of God bringing forth the sword of truth and you'll do it and you'll understand that from this day onwards things are going to start to click into pace click into their space in you things are going to work now in you and you're going to feel that sense of like I can I'm starting to see I'm starting to understand who I am and why I am who I am in Jesus name Amen God bless. Thank you so much. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. It's good. Um, yeah. We're going to eat hot dogs and hot chips. Hooray. Is that good? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, bless you, family. Um, so good to, uh, to see you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, Hello. Okay. Um, but yeah, bless you. Uh, if you're if you're needing prayer, we've got an amazing uh, team of people who love to pray and minister to you. But just come up, kind of this front bit, and we'll come and find you. And uh, if not, you're welcome to head out and uh, hang around and have dinner and just get to know people. Um, especially for our regular Paradox family, just make sure you eye someone new and uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, it's like it's like two bucks for dinner. So if you got it, if you don't have it, it's all good too. But uh, awesome, love you guys, bless you, bye bye.